Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Karen. This is The Walking Dead cast, episode 240. Uh, 239, in case you didn't listen, was Jeffrey Dean Morgan, which was a credible panel that I did in Atlanta. And I recommend everyone who didn't listen to that to listen because it's really cool to get some perspective on his character and also just to kind of get out of it a little bit, like, uh-huh. get, you know, get more meta about it. it makes it um, kind of loosen up a little bit and not have as much of a hold on on us, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. Um, so before we get started, how are you doing, by the way? So good. Yeah. We're on Easy Street. I'm on Easy Street, baby. And it feels so sweet. <laughs> I was just going to play this for the whole podcast. Oh, will you please? Just, we won't even talk. We'll just release 40 minutes. Torture. Of that. Torture art just over and over and over again. <laughs> so and fine. make our, our listeners um, curl up into um, naked balls yeah. and um, put their hands over their ears. That'd be awesome. Uh, by the way, before we get started, tickets are now finally on sale for Deadcast Live, which is our live show that we're doing in December on December 12th and we're going to cover the mid-season finale and have you guys give your input from the audience. So if you want to get in on that, go to deadcastlive.com. I can't wait. What's the date exactly? December 12th, Monday, 6 p.m. In San Francisco. Yep. So it'll be fun. All right, let's just jump right in. Attention shoppers, Deadcast Top 5 in 5, 4, Three, two. So it's Deadcast Top Five. It's our top five highlights for season seven, episode three, The Cell, right? Mm hmm. The Cell. The Cell. So, what'd you think? Well, I'm maybe not as sold on The Cell as possibly you are. Uh huh. I thought it was okay. I, I I'm thought, not surprised. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I thought it was awesome. I, I think <laughs> this season surprised. is, no pun intended, knocking it out of the park. <laughs> I really do. I think uh, this was a totally unique episode, unlike anything we've seen on the show before. I thought this was one of the best Norman Reedus slash Daryl episodes. I will agree awesome. with you there. And I thought it was a little slower, but that's fine because I like when they vary the tone and the pacing and especially mm-hmm. when it's um 
captivating, which I really, I really found this fascinating. I mean, I'm, I've always been fascinated with cults of personality and, you know, just any kind of cult and different ways that groups function and things like that. And I think this is a really, really well realized kind of situation and it's thrilling in a dark way and it's kind of funny in parts and it's really sad and also hopeful and you know there's all these different people dealing with it in different ways so I don't know I just thought it was one of the better Walking Dead episodes. Let me ask you of all the places that they've been is this the place that you'd most want to be in the zombie apocalypse? No. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No way. I mean, I think the point of Easy Street, there's a lot of different reasons why they picked that song, but one of them is because Negan has at least some of these guys convinced that this is the best that they can have it in the zombie apocalypse. They're on Easy Street, Yeah, And uh, I guess if you were as brainwashed as some of these guys are, then maybe you would think that. And I would hope that I would never get to that point. But, you know, you can't really ever tell how how you're going to be in a situation like this. Yeah, you know, that's true. That's true. You just but don't know. I, I don't. I hope that we would choose a different despot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not, not necessarily Negan, but. You know. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even have a choice is the thing. You, your choice would be the three options. You could be on a, a pike, you could work for points, or you could just work for Negan, which we'll talk more about what those three mean. But, or, or you know, you'd either be dead or you'd, you'd be um, cooperating in one way or another. But the real question is whether in your heart you would, you would be with Negan or not. Right. I was interested in the point system. Yeah. They didn't really go into it, no. uh, but like, oh, huh, what can it's the points like get you exactly? Is it like or... skee-ball? Yeah, you get tickets. <laughs> and you get like a toy prize. <laughs> <laughs> you get medication if you need it. Um, my take on that was that if you don't cooperate at all, then I guess you go out to the zombie zone, which is like, tell me if I'm wrong, because I wasn't sure, but it seemed like it was a buffer to sort of protect their sanctuary, but also it was like a um, punishment for people. Oh, that's what I thought it was. Go into the zombie zone. Listeners, let me know. But yeah, because Dwight kept saying, you're going to be out there. And Negan said, you'll be on a pike. And then uh, he, the second option was to work for points, which I think is just to do work in exchange for favors Bids or supply. Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure. Um, b- and, but then he said a third choice was work for Negan and then you just get, you know, whatever you want. And I think what that means is you go out and you collect from people like half of their stuff, or you go out and you get deserters. It's like the heart, the really tough jobs. That's what I thought what what those three meant. Sounds like not a lot of options. No. Yeah. Well, let's go, go to the top five. Okay. You you first. first. Okay. You owe me a Coke. Got me. (laughs) All right. My number one is Negan. I know not everyone feels the same, but it's easier for me to get past the premiere because I've had a lot of time to live with it when it happened in the comics five years ago or whatever that was. I think it was three years ago, actually. Um, But I'm already loving watching Negan. I think he's a great bad guy in the tradition of bad guys from great shows that we love, like Breaking Bad, Lost, True Blood, Battlestar Galactica, you know, all these great shows have awesome bad guys. And Nicotero on stage in Atlanta said he thought Negan was the best bad guy on The Walking Dead since, can you guess who he said? The governor. 
Nope. He said Merle, which I thought was interesting because uh, huh. it, it may be a little bit of a slight to David Morsey, but right. it kind of makes sense because Merle has such a big personality. And and Merle um, wasn't, a, I mean, Merle was a bad guy, but Merle wasn't. He ended up kind of turning over. Oh, yeah. He yeah. ended but up But he being... was a total ass at first. He was. Racist and yes. just waving his gun around and shit. Yeah, but compared compared to Negan, um, I, I don't. I no, don't. oh no, no, no. He wasn't as evil as We're, Negan. I think. Uh, I think the I governor think. is more is more of a comparison because you know he run, oh, yeah. he ran a society, a tiny, tiny little society, but a society. I think you're right. I think he's. They're probably more alike, but I think Greg Nicotero's point was just as far as. You know, bad. Who, which is the coolest bad guy to watch, or the best, the most fun, the most interesting? Right. I think exactly. it was more like that. So I think of Negan. Uh, one thing I, I mentioned this to you uh, offline, but he's he reminds me a little bit of Tony Soprano. If people watch The Sopranos, because <laughs> what got me about that show, I love that show. One of the best ever. Yeah. He was a total monster. He killed anyone who got in his way. He cheated on his wife. He stole from innocent people. And yet he was so totally fascinating to watch, really funny. And uh, people who I knew would sort of adore him. And I find myself feeling that way a little bit, but mostly I was like, I need to keep this straight in my mind that I love watching this guy, but he is a bad person. <laughs> and so yeah. I don't want to get too sympathetic with him, you know, or have any empathy for him. And so, um, I mean, Negan hasn't even gotten to a point where I would even consider having any empathy for him. But I guess my whole point is that I feel the same way about him as Tony Soprano, where I don't at all think that he's a good person, but I just am already enjoying watching him and seeing how he moves through the world. <laughs> <laughs> he said he has funny lines he's like you see that i'm everywhere and this was your shot to prove to me that that fundamental fact was sinking in and you failed which sucks because your life was about to get so much cooler <laughs> stuff like that or or one of my favorites lucille you know how she is she's a stickler for the rules just little ways of phrasing things like that uh-huh. i think are really fun <laughs> yeah 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 no i totally get that um at this point, though, I wish they would develop the character of Negan a little more. He's he's still kind of cartoony to me, and he's not much of a cartoon yet that I care about or yeah, that yeah. I feel invested in. Um, and I don't understand him, which is frustrating because we've seen him a bunch of times, and I'm and he still seems like a one trick pony, you know. And also, right now, I don't find his shtick about, you know, happy hour at the pussy bar and Dwight eats for free and offering up women as a reward. Right now, it's just not that funny to it's me. It's not that admirable. No, no, it's not funny. That's not funny. Um, it's meant to be. It's meant to be I, funny. Mm, and I don't think, I think what's meant is this guy just doesn't give a shit. I don't, I don't think we're supposed to be laughing at that. I don't know. I mean, some people might. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm totally cutting you off. I'm sorry. No, but no, it's okay. I didn't think so, that was funny. I thought it was just like, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and so I would like to see his character develop. Here's what I'd like for Negan. I'd like to see his character develop a little bit more. I'd like to know what his backstory is and how he got to be where he is now. It would be interesting for me to see where he was pre a zombie apocalypse. Not, I'm not that interested in the last couple of years because I can kind of guess what was going on the last couple of years with him. 
But I'm very interested to see who he was before this all went mm-hmm. down. Was he, what was his occupation? It's fascinating. So I'd like to learn more about him. I'd like to know who he is and have him be more than um, just right now. He's a lot of lines and strutting around and a lot of attitude, but I'd like to see what's under there. Yes, I think that's totally, um, I'm curious about that too. With characters like Merle, for example, he was totally a one-note character until season three when he came back and got developed. And we've only seen Negan for three episodes now. And I think the point of Negan right now is to show this one side of him. So I I think actually that it's too early for that to show, especially since he's a villain, you know, you you get to know um, the backstory of the villain a little bit later on, usually after right now, the point of Negan is just to show that he's a, he's a threat and, you know, the facade that he puts on. So I think it's, um, it would almost be weird for the show to go into that at this point. I don't know. I mean, maybe they could do it in a way that would work, but I think they will get to it. One reason that makes me think they will get to it eventually is right now in the comics, there's a special series called, what is it called? Here's Negan, I think. And it's all about his backstory, but uh, that's, you know, three years after he was introduced in the comics. So it's been, you know, it took a while before we, we got to that. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, That's going on. You might be interested in it. it. It is kind of interesting. Someday I'll read it. I'll, I'll get all caught up. Um, also, it's a little puzzling why why he's sparing Daryl's life. Um, I think probably from just a strategic standpoint, he might consider killing Daryl mm-hmm. because Daryl seems like the guy who's most um, unafraid of him and doesn't seem like he's going to be broken anytime soon. So it's... It's kind of a a strange little thing he's doing. He's taking a shine to Daryl, oddly, and I can't figure out why. I know. I um, I feel the same way. I thought, especially when he went to swing his bat at Daryl and Daryl didn't flinch, you'd think that because so much of Negan's game is about dominating and, and um, fucking with people and throwing them off balance, that when he couldn't do that to somebody, that it might rile him up a little bit. But instead, he just had a, a smile on his face and he actually, you know, uh, Dwight said, Negan's taking a shine to you. So I think what that means is if if it's true that Negan likes Daryl, that he sees him as a challenge and maybe he loves a challenge. That's one way to look at it. Oh, yeah. Maybe he's a little bored at this point. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, so many people are so easy to break these days. <laughs> but I was thinking the same thing. I was like, huh, it seems like he would be upset that Daryl isn't affected by him. Right. One thing he said that was, I think a little bit of a jab, it was when he was talking to Dwight and he said, Oh, you, you know, you're doing a good job. You know, I think he's going to be broken soon or whatever, but he's, he said something like it takes some people longer than others, which was kind of a jab at Dwight. Cause Dwight <laughs> went down pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so maybe he, he admires Daryl, you know, the, uh, to be fair, Dwight had a wife, and the it would have been you know that I think according to what Negan said, he was going to have to kill one of them. It was going to be Dwight, and that Sherry spoke up pretty fast and said, "No, I'll, I'll you know volunteer to marry him, Negan." And so, 
I don't know how quickly, I mean, if you have somebody you, you love, you, if you have your spouse with you, it would be so much easier to get you to do whatever. Daryl doesn't have anybody with him. He didn't mm-hmm. come there with somebody he loved. And so, you know, he's not hurting anybody by being defiant other than himself. So do you think that's what it meant when Daryl said to Dwight, I get why you did it, why you took it. You were thinking about someone else. That's why I can't. Yeah, I think he's thinking about what he did to Glenn. And so he's thinking about what he did to Glenn, that he kind of deserves to be there in that cell eating dog food. Mm. So it was interesting. Like I didn't. Uh, the part that's clear is that Daryl understands Dwight is thinking about Sherry and trying to protect Absolutely. her. Absolutely. Because he was there. He knows. Yeah. But I was thinking that Daryl either his friends are outside and maybe to help them, he feels like the thing he needs to do is not be broken by Negan because if he is, that would not help his friends outside. But uh, it might just be that he just doesn't, he feels like he doesn't have anyone counting on him and he's lost the will to fight. He doesn't have anyone to protect. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound right to say that he's lost the will to fight, though, because he's he definitely protecting his integrity. This he, He's not. Yeah. He said early on, I'm not going to kneel. And he didn't. <laughs> right. He's fighting harder yeah, now than he ever he has. You're right. Because, yeah. you know, it's not easy to stay unbroken. And right. he's fighting hard. And he tried to escape. He tried to not, you know, kick down the door. And he is he, he definitely does not want to be there. And. Um, he's definitely still yeah. has a lot of fight. He's in him. not giving up. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Although strategically, he might consider. You know what? You might want to put on an act yeah. like you're going along with it in order to get along and see how how you can take down um, Negan or help. You know, it looks like he's got a couple of of friends who like. It looks like Sherry and Dwight may be teetering on the edge of, especially Sherry might be teetering on the edge of rebellion Mm -hmm. and maybe he can enlist their help. And so he's not really playing the long game right now. He's sort of cutting off his nose to spite his face Mm -hmm. because this isn't really helping anybody at this point. Where was he at the end? Like after he said, you know, Negan said, who are you? And he said, Daryl. Then what happened? Did- <laughs> uh, well, he got beat up and... He got beat know, up by who? that's not true. No. That's not true. At the very end, they put him back in they the cell, I think. They just put him back in the cell, yeah. And then he was right. with Dwight. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, exactly. he might still... I mean, I you know, uh, when Daryl... I mean, Daryl... Norman Reedus was on stage in Atlanta and with Andrew Lincoln... And they, some one of the audience members asked them what was their favorite season to shoot, and he said, "Not this one." <laughs> <laughs> so it's been tough, but he he was so good in this. I mean, a lot of the time he was just being very still, but even then, I felt like I really felt him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. He's wonderful. What's yeah. your? Oh wait, one more thing I wanted to say about Negan is mm-hmm. uh, he said at one point, just kind of a quick throwaway line, but he said, "You earn what you take." And I just thought, yeah, that's that's Negan's philosophy on life. He feels like that's how you earn something. You just take it. And that's yes. what he does. Yep. Those were actually two. two that was like a number five and number four, Negan and Daryl. Okay. You didn't have anything else you wanted to say about either one of those? Well, one thing about Daryl is that I'm surprised he didn't understand that he was totally being set up when the guy left his cell unlocked. 
Oh, I didn't even get that. Oh, he was absolutely being set up. That's why when he went into the courtyard and was looking at all the motorcycles, couldn't decide which one to take. Maybe they he was looking for his own. On him. And they're all like, huh, <laughs> you were being set up, brother. They're not going to, of course, they're not going to forget to lock your cell yeah. back up. Okay. Makes sense now. But yeah. I don't, and who knows if Sherry was, in, well, that's why she said, she's like, get back in your cell. Yeah. You're, it's, it's not going to work and it's going to be worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she like, I mean, Negan likes Daryl. Sherry, like, everyone loves Daryl. What's not to love? Except the hair. I even wondered if Dwight was in his own way trying to protect Daryl. Because he kept yeah. I mean, his job is to convert Daryl, so he it's in his own interest to do that because if he doesn't, he's gonna be a failure in Negan's eyes. But also I I felt like he was saying, Dude, come on, just get on board. You know, he this was. is what this is the way it is. It's it's gonna be your best bet here. Yep. Yep. And he, I think he also understands that part of what Daryl's doing is punishing himself by by being defiant. I, I don't know. You know, if he just tries to fake it, I, I would imagine if you're an effective brainwasher slash converter, you're going to come across that behavior a lot. And Carol, <laughs> Carol would be good at it, probably. Yes. But she she puts on a persona, you know, but, you know, Carol has fooled a lot of people but when she she uh, went up against another expert he called her on it so did so did morgan so you know i think that if uh in a situation like this where that's all negan does is convert everyone he meets that he's going to probably have ways around stuff like that that he's not going to just right. take you at face value i mean it's it's fairly easy to see especially when you're in a high pressure situation like that whether somebody's being honest or not maybe I don't know. Maybe not. But, you know, it's just <laughs> something I was thinking of because I thought about that, too. Right. Yeah. Depends on what uh, what kind of uh, judge of character Negan is. <laughs> yeah. Well, you could like, all right, fine. If you say that you're with me, then do this horrible thing to prove it, you know, or something like right. that. Right. <laughs> and see, test them in different ways. What's your number four? My number four is the saviors, which are all extensions of Negan or at least that's how he wants it and interesting that you know earlier when we came across the saviors and they asked who are you and he or uh, I don't know who asked who are you but the saviors we heard them say I'm Negan in last season and a few of them said that and it just seemed weird like why are they saying that but now it totally makes sense to me because to keep his organization or empire together he he makes everyone an extension of him they're all uh, aligned he instills his values into them and loyalty and it's really fascinating it's very cult-like it's also like a dictatorship like north korea style you know they're all in a re-education camp here and you either come out on board or you you stay in your cell <laughs> yeah and, and he does it through uh fear or but also rewards so it's the stick and the carrot if you right if you're on board then you get favors and you know goods Pussy and parties. services yeah and stuff like that if not then you get beaten up and you may get killed and people go for it like the doctor says ne negan will take care of you trust me that one big guy said they have it yeah. better and 
people are kneeling as he walks through. It's totally Stockholm syndrome on a big scale to the point where I, I really like that scene with Dwight and that other guy where Dwight was saying that this is all there is. And the other guy's all just because some dude comes smiling in with a bat, you think it's like he has he that guy realized this. He has a hold of, of oh, your yeah. mind. But well, this uh, happens. Dwight realized it. Dwight, Dwight realized it too, though, because he and Sherry and Tina escaped. They did, and but- and and it sounds like other people have escaped, some successfully and some not so. And it happens apparently a lot because they've got guards around to keep people, you know, and to, to and report people escape North Korea a lot too. Yeah, they yeah. do. And so I'm thinking that they understand that it's a shitty situation. Well, I don't think all of them do, though. But I think Dwight is conflicted about it because he escaped and it was so that Tina could have her medication without having to marry Negan. And then as soon as Tina died, he took Sherry and went right back and asked forgiveness. Well, I think he was also afraid that if they stayed out there, they were going to die. And that's why he said, um, uh, when they were in the staircase, he said, this is better than being dead. So coming back here was better than dying out there. And maybe they felt like, because it was so easy for Tina to die at the hands of a zombie or no, the mouth of a zombie. That, as it that's were. not no? what I thought. I thought Dwight, okay. Dwight took, you know, you don't sound like you buy it. Uh, I haven't even said it yet, but um, I thought that Dwight took Sherry back there. He asked forgiveness. Then Negan threatened to kill Dwight and Sherry said, don't kill him. I'll marry you. So when Dwight said, this is better than being dead, he meant, but at Negan's hands. Oh, well, maybe. Because we didn't see we didn't see them being threatened outside. You know, we saw uh, Dwight and Sherry take off with Daryl's motorcycle and his crossbow and his. I think I guess that was it. Yeah, but he's shitty with the crossbow. I think <laughs> that they just got scared about being on their own, and so they went back to Negan. That's my thought. But hey, it could be, you yeah. know what? We didn't see it. Maybe both things are true. Either way. They went back (laughs) and, you know, there's a lot of people who are, um, I mean, they know of people who are not Negan's group because they go around and steal stuff from them. I guess maybe they would think they wouldn't be too welcome there. And, but I mean, the point is though, that even if they, they feel like even if they did go to those people that Negan would end up finding them. So they're in a situation where they have sort of accepted or at least, I mean, accepted implies it's true, but they just think that they have no other choice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's interesting that the goons that Negan has, his the saviors, are are pretty specific. They're a specific type. It's weirdly separated by gender, it seems, from what we can see. Mm-hmm. The goons around Negan are all dudes. Yeah, it's really creepy that he, from what we can tell so far, he, well, he's talking about how hot Sherry is and he took her away from Dwight. That really, that kind of thing really gets under my skin when, because I, there was this one movie I saw where uh, I think Michael Madsen he was like this crook and he found this nerdy guy who was married to this really attractive girl. I forgot her name, but anyways, he like broke in and kind of seduced this girl away from the guy right in front of him. Cause Ew. she, she turned out she, you know, had this s- secret longing for danger and chaos. And, 
and uh, the guy, this is going to sound, this is going to be horrible, but the guy it, it, it killed himself in the bathroom while the, the, they were having sex in the other room. Ah. And and it just kills me, right? It's like, oh, God, that's how, that's what Negan reminds me of. Like, he just, he's he's asserting his dominance, you know? He's the alpha male, and he's uh-huh. humiliating all the guys and taking their women. It's like a gorilla pack or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awful, man. <laughs> you're just no hating this aren't you you just hate it you don't even want to see this at all you wish Negan never came on and that this storyline was not happening admit it <laughs> <laughs> what was the runaway's name uh, no comment huh the um, Eggman. I can't remember or the chicken man I, I mean I didn't really get his name I didn't either Eggman what were you, sorry that was apropos of very little it was called Changing the Subject. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. My number three is Daryl, which, like I said, I thought this was one of his best episodes because, for a few reasons, because Daryl, to put him in a situation like this where he's at his most raw and most helpless, literally naked and dirty, is fascinating with him because he's such a strong character and... And Redis did such a great job. And I actually, when Negan said, what's your name? And he said, Daryl, I was like, fuck yeah. I was, I was happy that he didn't capitulate. And I was also like, oh shit, what's going to happen now? So, Uh um, I was happy to find myself feeling that way because, you know, with Daryl, I've had some criticism that he's, I think he's too cool for school. But in this situation, I was, I was happy that he, he didn't crack. And I also loved that he did break down crying yeah. at one point because I do think yeah. that would have been too cool if he didn't show any kind of uh, yep. being affected by all of this. And that was yeah. a really touching scene, yeah. I thought. Yeah. He conveyed a lot this episode without saying much at all. He, yeah. There's a lot in his face. And uh, Norman Reedus is a really terrific actor. I, I liked him very much in this episode. I thought it was interesting. I think what Dwight did was show him a Polaroid of Glenn. Yeah, right? It was hard to tell what it was exactly. He probably could have shown him a Polaroid of anyone that they've pulverized. And yeah, right. they could have just said, hey, this is Glenn. Right. Yeah. And then he played Crying by, I think, Roy Orbison. He did. Which was really interesting because... It's so on the nose for one thing, yep. <laughs> but I loved it. And it, it, it's something different, which I could see moving Daryl to some emotion because he's had to deal with this same song for who knows how many days, yes. day and night. And to all of a sudden hear something different just could right after seeing that Polaroid could cause a shift in your emotions. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really, they're really breaking him. Um, he had a a big A on his shirt, which reminded me of train car A and Terminus. Yeah, it's like a recurring motif. But I noticed the other captives had other letters on their sweatshirts. They did, like they were Doctor Seuss characters or something. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. So I didn't quite understand that. I think um, it's sort of dehumanizing, but I don't like you're assigned really a letter until yeah. because we're all Negan, but. Uh, also, uh, for now, you can just use the A, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because um, uh, the runaway guy on the road referred to Dwight as D. Right. And I thought, I thought, oh, maybe that's just short Something for Dwight. That, yeah. 
But maybe it's because he initially had the D on his sweatshirt. Maybe. Yeah, and they couldn't give Daryl a D because that would be confusing. That would be confusing. <laughs> I mean, I thought the reason why they called Dwight D in the first place was so as not to tip off comic book readers that we were meeting the saviors. Um, but then, you know, the in-story reason, I thought until you just said that, I thought was just, okay, well, we'll just say that sometimes people call him D and sometimes Dwight because I have friends like that. I call my friend Eric E sometimes. I call you J all the time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. People call me J all the time. All right. That's my number three. Um, well, wait, it's one more thing. So he didn't flinch at the bat and I thought that was pretty cool and I liked Negan faking us out because we're so close to what happened with that bat that I flinched, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah. And then he walked away and he just started whistling and his guys started beating up Daryl. So it, I, I wonder if that was the signal. It was sort of like a little dog whistle yeah. and they were like, okay, I'm going to whistle and you're mm. going to pounce. Yeah, very clever. Okay, before we do our number, th your number three. Yes. This is our first sponsor. This is Casper, which is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. That's a really good description. <laughs> Things that make it great, I'm going to go over in these categories. Quality, cost, and convenience, or low risk. So quality, an in-house team of engineers spent thousands of hours developing Casper. That's the one, basically the one product of this company, they also have a pillow and uh, maybe some sheets, but you know, it's all about the mattress and the mattress combines the springy latex, but also supportive memory foam. So that combination gives you support, but softness. It, they say it has just the right sink and just the right bounce and it feels really good. And also it has a breathable design. So it sleeps cool. So you don't get too hot or too cold at night. It feels really cozy. Mm, that must be nice. It is nice. I wish they made one big giant one that all of our audience could get together and take a nap on <laughs> and try it out. <laughs> they should do that. That would be nice. And it looks nice. It has a sleek design and it comes in this little box and then you open the box and it's like magic. It just kind of starts growing like one of those chia pets or something. You can watch the video on their website. I've watched it. It's cool. Yeah. So that's quality cost. They created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission driven inflated prices. So mattresses of this quality can cost over $1,500, but Casper's cost 500 for a twin size, 750 for a full, 850 for a queen, 950 for a king. So just like a lot of our sponsors, they aim is to make a really great product at a lower price because you can get it direct online convenience it's completely risk-free so they offer free delivery free returns and a 100 night home trial oh, which is so cool really cool so they'll drop it off you can try it out and you can sleep on it for three months and then if you don't like it they pick it up they refund you everything no hassle nothing they they understand that if you want to buy a mattress that you should be able to try it out and see if you like it before you commit which is more than you can say for i think most other i don't think other mattress companies are going to no. take it home and sleep on it for three months no it's free shipping and returns to the u.s and canada a few more things time magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015 they're made in america and duncan got one and he loves it 
Oh, and did he? Yeah, him and That's Erica. Awesome. Yeah. So, special offer to you guys: you get fifty bucks towards any mattress by visiting Casper.com/twdc and using offer code twdc. Terms and conditions apply. So that's c a s p e r dot com slash twdc. And thanks to Casper for your support. Thank you, Casper. Okay. What's your number three? My number three is I really liked the little scene between. I'm sorry, I don't know his name. I'm going to call him the runaway. But he did you notice at the beginning, um, he's also was taking care of the chickens? Yeah, and at he the, looked depressed. He looked very sad around chickens. And I love <laughs> chickens. I'm like, really? Why so sad? Anyway, <laughs> I, I can imagine why he's so sad. Honestly, I'm just kidding. Um, so I like the little scene between the runaway and Dwight. I thought it was a, a tense little scene and it played really well I, I really thought both actors did a wonderful job and the runaway brought up a really good point about as we mentioned that there's only one Negan and there's a lot of them and why is he still in power he's just one guy um, but I really thought it was so it's neat because it kind of alludes to something larger happening so I think that they're foreshadowing that that something is going to happen with the Negan group because this can't stand, you know. I mean, it, it's it, a good point, but look, you know, look at what's happened in our history. I, I keep bringing it up, but North Korea, a whole country, Hitler had so many people following him doing horrible things. You know, it's a cult of personality. And so this is a small potatoes compared to some things that have happened in, in our world. Yeah, but I thought about Hitler today and I thought about, you know, there's that famous um, inside job uh, assassination attempt on Hitler. And um, it's a it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, it wasn't cool. It was actually real, unbelievably sad and tragic. And, and it didn't work because it didn't work. Mm. But it, I mean, the higher they had, he had a lot of people who thought he was completely mad and that who wanted to really thought, OK, let's this is ridiculous. We're we're losing the war. Let's take this madman out before he takes us all down. So yeah, it. I think it foreshadows a large insurrection that might be happening. Who knows? What do I know? No, I mean you could be right. You know, I. I think. Um, I think before the end of this is over, there's. It's pretty much. I would say inevitable that some people are going to turn against him because they already. They already are. They already. Yeah. Have exactly. To some degree or another, and, 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 and it won't stay stagnant. You know. I hope not because no somebody needs to How take down it? Egan. Couldn't just ha have him just keep on going along just fine. And then what? The series ends in 2017. Or yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Okay. We're moving on now. We're just going to leave Daryl there. Bye everybody. I mean, that's kind of what I suggested a couple of weeks ago, but anyway, <laughs> um, I love that it was a sad thing too. Cause that guy just, he hadn't at this point, he had nothing left and he's just, you know, shoot me, please put me out of my misery. I can't go back there. And the only thing that actually got him to turn around and start walking back was the threat of the people that he liked back uh, at the sanctuary. And it's so sad. And then there's Dwight killing him, shooting him I, in the back. Why did he so do that? that? He did it so that he could bring back the zombie. How did he get him back? He probably... Uh, Put him on the back yeah, of the that's motorcycle. A good, you know what? That's a good question. Probably what happened is he walked the motorcycle because the motorcycle wasn't drivable at that point. He walked the motorcycle back to the sanctuary and went and came got a car and, got and came back and got the 
the dude before he had well, chained you know, him that up. Happens. Or something. That See, happens pretty what fast. I didn't yeah. get. I don't know. Maybe I, I didn't get it because I thought right. So the guy's like, "Just kill me," you know. I it's fine. I want you to please. And then Dwight threatened his uh, people he cares about, which is what we were talking about before. Lois Lane, aka Superman's kryptonite. That, uh, <laughs> you know, and then he said, you got me. So I thought that meant, okay, okay. I don't want you to hurt the people I care about. I will come back with you. And then Dwight killed him. So yep. I didn't get it. Like if he was just going to kill him, why not just kill him and not go through that? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of confused about what happened there. He changed his mind. I think, I think at first he was going to bring him back as oh. a, you know, a, as his, you know, as his captive, basically, you know, under threat of hurting the people that he liked. But then he probably just felt a little bit of sympathy so he put and him maybe something, misery. yeah, put him out of his misery. And yet yeah. didn't shoot him in the head. Well, <laughs> see, if he had shot him in the head, he couldn't bring him back as a zombie. And this way he could still win points and earn right. a couple brownie points because now he's got the zombie to put in the zombie pen. I'm not sure what the zombie pen is all about. I mean, is it like a training facility? It seemed kind of like that, but um, I don't know yet. We'll have to see. Yeah, I have an yeah. idea of what it might be because of the comics, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. So, Ruby Man, what's say. your number three? Mine was was Dwight, and um, or your number two rather. Yeah, we got Dwight's story. So Dwight and Tina and Sherry left and stole meds because Negan said he would only give Tina meds if she married him because yeah. meds cost too many points and they just weren't earning enough points. Right. Then when Tina died, which we saw uh, in that episode with the fat trick uh -huh. fuel company, Sherry <laughs> and Dwight decided to go back and ask forgiveness. And then Negan was going to kill Dwight, but Jer Sherry offered to marry Negan to save Dwight's life. And Sherry is super hot. And then <laughs> Dwight got the iron too. So he could, Yep. have some kind of a punishment and that's right. why it makes sense in the title sequence when Jeffrey D. Morgan comes up that we see an iron in the fire. So now Dwight is one of his top guys and uh, I don't know if I guess he's on board and being repeatedly belittled and humiliated by by Negan. Um, I thought it was interesting that he he's got Daryl's stuff. He even has his I think he has his uh, angel wing vest. Yes, he does. <laughs> his crossbow, his motorcycle, and his angel wing vest. Yeah, and he's just like waving it in front of Daryl. Yep. I think I'm getting the hang of this thing. Yeah, That's... it. it's so funny. It's it's almost like he wants to be Daryl. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I, But I also just think it would really get under Daryl's skin to yes. see all his superhero accoutrements. Yes. That's my yeah, crossbow. It doesn't even look good on you. You don't know how to use it or anything. <laughs> Uh, right at the end Dwight was staring at the zombie sliding up and down a pole mm -hmm. and I wondered what that meant I was wondering if it meant that that zombie is trapped just like me yeah and the zombie was kind of kneeling oh, did you okay. notice that uh, no, no, it, the no. zombie was going down on one leg sort of and so it almost looked like the zombie was kneeling. A reflection of uh -huh. his, his own situation. Like maybe he's trapped just like that zombie. <laughs> Bonk over the head. Um, so we got, you know, I think we appreciate Dwight's character more now, right? I do. Yeah. Knowing what a situation he's been through. Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a lot of sympathy for him, um, for sure. And, you, you know, it was interesting seeing a, a slice of his life at the very beginning, the intro with the, the music from the jam. Um, and we learn about how he watches um, old episodes of Who's the Boss. That's kind of endearing, right? That's yeah. a little bit endearing. And then, <laughs> you know, and he's not even like, it's never being tortured like it would be for me. And he drinks with a woman who looks kind of like the female version of him. It was so weird. Yeah. I was like, wow, she kind of looks like him. Kind of interesting. And, you know, he carves a little wooden figure. And that's kind of endearing. Maybe he's making a chess set. And um, he makes a sandwich. It looks like an amazing sandwich. I mean, you have to enjoy the little things. And uh, unfortunately, you also see that he's a total bully. And he's like, yeah. you know, how he gathers up all the ingredients. And then, of course, he throws the dog food sandwich. He makes this beautiful sandwich, and then he makes yeah. it a nasty one for And then later he even talks about feeding shit sandwiches to somebody. Yeah, that's so fun. So the style, the quality of your sandwich is a, an indication of your station in life. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And that looked like a great sandwich, even in non-apocalyptic standards. I'm not into fried egg sandwiches. But it had tomato, and mm-hmm, the bread looked, looked really good. Sure. A little homemade pickle thing going on. Mm, I Mustard. love fried egg sandwiches. There you go. I think. You, hey, dinner. <laughs> Just saying. I uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that scene a lot because of the peppy music, which you kind of forget because you get inundated with um, Easy Street. But it was a different song. It was it was uh, Town of Malice from the Jam. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, it was saying, better stop dreaming of the quiet life because it's the one we'll never know. And quit running for that runaway bus because those rosy days are few. And stop apologizing for the things you've never done because time is short and life is cruel, but it's up to us to change this town called Malice. So there's a lot of, uh, well, the music in this episode was very uh, notable and it was peppy, but it was a juxtaposition with the crap that's really going on yeah exactly and, and i love that mon- montage it was very mobster like of him going around doing his yes. rounds taking half of people's stuff but w- because of the music it almost seemed kind of fun in a, in a twisted way <laughs> yeah yeah um and that was my number two by the way was the intro mm-hmm I love the intro. My number one is music and interesting juxtapositions of sunny and dark. And the intro was a great example of that, especially showing who's the boss, which is appropriate because <laughs> Negan's the boss. And right. um, also it gives a little bit of a feeling of, oh, in Negan's world, you get to watch TV sitcoms. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. You know, where are they getting their electricity uh, from? Z Street. Um, they've got some zombies on a treadmill outside. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> and they, yes, it actually would. You could you could make it into like the gym uh, because you could run like right on the treadmill, maybe in front of the zombie, and then the yeah. zombies behind you, and then you run, and then you generate it. Yeah, that. Or you just you have put them on the treadmill, and you just hang a picture of a baby in front of them. <laughs> right, and, and, right, exactly. Doesn't have to be much. You can even like have it be like a wind chime. And yeah, they'll, they'll go I mean, crazy for a wind chime. This, I think, this is going to be the last episode. There, it's going to be like solving perpetual energy or something, <laughs> harnessing the power of the Zeds. Um, that intro reminded me of. I don't want to give it away. I, it's been a long time, but the Hatch and Lost, the season two 
Don't give it away, man. You know, you know what I mean with Desmond? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. That was was so cool because it's so unexpected. It's like, well, the tone is off here, but it was fascinating. And you didn't you didn't actually understand where he was. Right. And then you're like, what's going on for a second? Yeah. Yeah. I loved the torture song. I thought. Easy Street. Uh, yeah, not the song itself. Although it's not a bad song, actually. People really, are making fun of it, but yeah, it's peppy. It's sung by Petra Hayden, who's um, been in some cool rock bands that I like, mm. and uh, it's great because it's unbearably sunny. But it starts out with that really harsh drum beat that Daryl flinched at a couple of times, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's the opposite of what's actually happening. He's they're saying oh, we're breaking out the good champagne we're sitting pretty on the gravy trains like no nope, not necessarily but yeah. also it like i said before it's sort of saying if you're on negan's side then you maybe you'll feel like you are on easy street so i thought that worked on a few different levels and it was it's fun to hear see who's the boss and hear these songs in the show that you know it's so dark and uh, same thing with negan's personality i mean it really fits that he would have these songs that song because Mm -hmm. he comes in and he's cracking jokes and stuff like that while he's doing these really horrible things so it fits Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (laughs) all right what's your number one all right so um my number one was that um this is the the third episode in a row that's been like a standalone sort of episode of a single story a single thread the first episode being they were all in the grove um, for lack of a better word, for where they where they were exactly. Second one, they were in the kingdom. Other places too, but mainly it focused on who was in the kingdom. And the third episode, here they are at the sanctuary. And so really my number one is I can't... Um, the standalone episodes are, are sort of what they are, um, but I can't wait to see what's going... I, I, I'm looking forward to when they don't do standalones anymore, when they have sort of an integrated storyline with um, cutting to other, to people all together. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they don't have to pay attention to everybody every episode, but I sure would like to check in and see what's going on in Alexandria, for instance. I'm dying to know where Tara is. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't seen Tara in a long time. And... Um, Wow, and I've even forgotten his name. He wears glasses. He's out with Tara. Heath. Thank you, Heath. Yes, Heath. So I'm looking forward to seeing um, some of the old friends that we haven't seen yet. I'm a little worried about that guy because he just starred in Straight Outta Compton. And uh, so I'm like, wow, his star is really rising right when he's going on Walking Dead. And then suddenly huh. he's gone. So I'm I'm thinking maybe I wonder if... Um, he got too big right away or something. I don't know how that works, but I hope he's around more. Cause I thought I like when he's on screen. Yeah. Heath. Heath. Yeah. Well, I, um, I, I like this. I, it's different. I, I've always been probably, I like these kind of standalone or separate episodes more than a lot of people. You know, people always complain we're, we don't get to see Rick or whatever. And I understand, but, I guess I, for some reason I'm more into it. And I, from what they've always been saying about this season, how it's going to be a larger world, that means that there's more to cover. And so that means less time with any single person, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like there's a good chance this season that it's going to be more episodes like this. Although I think, you know, we'll get back to Alexandria and all that at some point. Good. So a few notes, uh, 
there are these three lovely ladies called Allison, Jessica, and Carrie, who are part of a website called deadconnection.com. I should probably make sure that's the exact right. It might be thedeadconnection.com. And they have a partner, Stephen Sweet, who's this really nice guy, and he's uh, really thin and he kind of looks like he could be a great zombie, but it, he was, <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but he was one of the saviors in this episode. Cool. <laughs> They're always at, you know, Walker Stalker and yeah. they come to the meetups and stuff. But he, I, I think that was really cool. He was just like sweeping the hallway. Oh, that's so awesome. Mention that. Neat. For a second, when Sherry was outside Daryl's door, I think the second time he came out, she was talking. I thought he was going bananas and it was Lizzie. which would be dumb because I didn't really but she kind of looks like her a little bit yeah more grown up (laughs) that's a good point yeah those actresses do resemble each other a little bit and then the last thing is when Dwight was walking along among all those Zeds that I guess were in the middle of an explosion was that the RPG site or what happened there no oh no 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 that was because of the overpass so what happened was um, a car crashed um, past the guardrail, flipped. You could see the flipped car on the ground uh-huh. and and clearly died. And some zombies have been falling out ever since. And that's why the one fell down and okay. damaged oh, the front wheel. So that's of, why they were um, all messed up because they all bike. fell off there. And then like, mm. and then um, uh, they um, hurt their spines and whatnot. Okay. Well, that's one. Uh, one of the walker's arms just fell off like a tender chicken falling off the bone. Did you notice that? Yes. Right at the joint. Yeah. And uh, delicious. It looked yeah, it really made me hungry. But I was thinking that the zombies. I think that could be one way to end the series is they all just get old and fall apart. And fall apart. <laughs> oh, that would be so great. <laughs> yeah, they just start <laughs> falling apart. Okay, I have one note. Yeah. Did you notice the statue of the angel with the chopped off hands roped around it? I did. Yeah. Well, I forget where that was though now. That was in front of the sanctuary. What okay. was the deal, man? I don't, I don't know. It's a sanctuary, I guess. What how, what was it? The arms were chopped it off? It was a it was a angel. No, it was a a statue of an angel. Mm-hmm. Like a weeping angel actually from Doctor Who sort of. Yeah. Um and it had chopped off human hands roped in a in a in a like a daisy chain around it i think it's just a fucked up symbol (laughs) okay (laughs) i don't know okay it's pretty dark that is dark (laughs) all right we'll take a little break there's more to come stay with us and we're breaking up a good champagne we're sitting pretty on the gravy train back and it's time to talk our next advertiser and that's texture i love texture i'm so glad that they're one of our sponsors because texture is an app that puts all of your favorite magazines into one really super convenient place and 
The Texture app lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime, anywhere using your smartphone or your tablet. And magazines that I love, and they have so many of them, including Outside Magazine, Runner's World, Sports Illustrated, all of my favorites with amazing writing. And you can breeze through hundreds of your favorite magazines, including back issues, and you can pick articles that interest you the most. And this is Fabulous. If you're ever standing in line, and let's face it, for holidays coming up, you're going to be standing in a few lines. Pull out your your um, phone or your tablet, and you can read an interesting article. It's so great. And Texture has made it easy to find articles that you care about. The Texture editorial team recommends content for you every day. Plus, you can dive deeper in with personalized collections. So sign up for Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications. And the best part? Texture is offering our listeners a free trial right now when you go to texture.com slash deadcast. You'll gain immediate entry into all of the top magazines, including back issues, which is fantastic, and bonus video content. Start binge reading for free right now when you go to texture.com slash deadcast. That's texture.com slash deadcast. And I have to say, it's a great gift. And last Christmas, I think it was, I gave my mom and my brother, both of whom have tablets, I gave them subscriptions. And so I think they loved it. So texture.com slash deadcast. Thanks, Texture. I'm looking through, there's... um a section in the app where it just says has collections of stories like you mentioned and here's top stories in entertainment and there's one with uh john stewart which is awesome and there's one where did it go hold on a second what magazine oh, are you in? uh well they're from all the different magazines so yeah oh okay this one is stephen young of the walking dead on glenn post death so that's from entertainment weekly Oh, you love Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I like Entertainment Weekly a lot because it's all about the... The industry. The industry. Not the gossip so much, but right. the, the the movies, the entertainment, yeah. you know, the what went into making it, the kind of things mm-hmm. that I like to talk about on this podcast. So that's one reason why I'm happy that's in there. But my point of just mentioning that is you can just skim through these and see articles from a lot of different magazines that you might not normally read. Or you, right. when you do a search on a person or a topic or whatever, there'll be results from all those different magazines. So you can sample magazines that you might not normally read. Plus, you can go to the ones you do read, look the back issues, like you said. All, it's just uh, everything's right there at your fingertips. It's totally cool. You can you can even share your subscription with the whole family, which is pretty great. Yep, but I don't I don't share I don't share. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you, Texture. Thanks, Texture. Obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens. The people it kills get up and kill. Are they slow moving, Chief? Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. This is a Walking Deadcast news update. All right, it's the news. It's uh, first thing, congratulations to listener Vanessa Ng for winning two tickets to any Walker Stalker Con of her choice. Woo, Vanessa! Be- because she's a, one of our Patreon supporters and she's in Singapore, but she told me she already had tickets for San Francisco and she would love to go to Atlanta next year. So she gets those. And if you want to be eligible, you can go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen and pledge $5 or more per month. And then you'll be on the list. We'll pick winners every month. Nice. 
Congratulations. Uh, speaking of winners, though, I forgot to announce this, but the winner of our Who Did Negan Kill contest. Remember we had that with the first yes. My Family guy? Yep. So Jeffrey Gollenberg correctly guessed that it would be Abraham and Glenn. And he won a Walking Dead survival kit and a Z-Pack from First My Family. Nice. So if you guys, those are pretty cool. They're Walking Dead branded survival kits in case you're in an earthquake or a zombie apocalypse or something. <laughs> and you go to firstmyfamily.com and you can check out that stuff. <laughs> Congratulations they, to Jeff. Yeah, they, they have a really, they have one pack that uh, the Walking Dead one's just awesome. Mm-hmm. I have it, yeah, in fact, too, yeah. in, my, in my garage. I still need to get me. mine from my garage and stick it under my bed like... Like we're supposed to do? Like we're supposed to. Next, <laughs> uh, Easy Street, the song used to torture Daryl is by a band called The Collapsible Hearts Club. Mm-hmm. And the website independent.co.uk tracked down its writer, Jim Bianco, to find out how it came to be featured in The Walking Dead. He said, exactly how the song got into their hands is a mystery to me, but when they heard it, the show reached out and asked to use it. I didn't really understand why a show like The Walking Dead would want to use such an upbeat, over-the-top, in-your-face, happy song, but now I understand, to torture someone, of course. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He says, I think the show used it brilliantly. Framing such an upbeat song as a torture device is a work of genius. We're happy to be a part of such a creative use of music in such an iconic show. But then again, what is he going to say? Right. (laughs) What if somebody took our podcast and played it as torture for somebody? (laughs) I'm sure that happens. That's brilliant. Yeah, they probably do. Uh, He went on to say that the song inspired by Frank Sinatra is about, quote, those rare moments in life when you're holding the winning card. (laughs) Like (laughs) Daryl. Next week's Walking Dead is going to be a supersized 85 minute long one. Oh, good to know. 85 minutes. Yeah. Of Easy Street. Pure bliss. Next, Norman Reedus with CNN on CNN or I guess was it on CNN or on CNN's website? I think it was on the website. He said that watching Austin Amelia's Dwight in possession of Daryl's belongings has, quote, really been pissing me off. It's just hard for me to look at. <laughs> I'll bet it is. <laughs> yeah. The interviewer said at that moment, the line between character and actor seemed blurred. <laughs> Especially because he's taking really bad care of his motorcycle. I know he he just looks like he that stuff does not belong with no. him. No. Uh, regarding Daryl's nude episode in this ep, in this ep, or this nude scene in this episode, he said he went without the notorious modesty sock often given to male actors for nude scenes, and he said, "quote It was kind of funny though because I dropped the robe and I'm butt naked, and the whole crew and camera department it was like they were watching a tennis match. They all just looked to the left in unison." <laughs> <laughs> He said, I have to give it up to them because they're in there with me for a couple of days and they weren't cracking jokes. They were very quiet, very respectful. I don't know that it would be as easy to go there emotionally with a bunch of strangers and people I didn't trust. Yeah, because it it was very emotional. Yep. Uh, What gave Daryl the will to take the stand while the same bat that killed his friends was staring back at him? That's easy, said Redis. Glenn. Quote, because if I disrespect what Glenn means to me and what Abraham means to me and what they fought for... Then they have, they have everything, meaning the saviors. Yeah. Daryl thinks you can beat me down and you can humiliate me and make me suffer, but I'm not giving you that. And last he said, Andy and I were not used to being in this position. 
or, you know, referring to Andrew Lincoln, he said, we're not used to not being badasses and fighting and winning, but it's been explained to me that heroes need to fall really far down to be able to get really far back up again. Hopefully <laughs> there's a light at the end of that tunnel. So I think it's interesting that he had to have it explained to him because that's one of my criticisms. Like I, I want to see actors who are okay showing weakness or things that aren't so badass on screen, you know, but he did a great job. Yeah, great he job did. Even mm-hmm. though it had to be explained to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next. Michael Cudlitz about having to keep the secret of Abraham's death. He said, obviously I had to tell my wife because she would wonder what the hell I was doing at home. <laughs> Why aren't you in, in Georgia? Yeah. Why are you still here? Uh, oh, it's a light week. And then uh, <laughs> what? on what he'll do next, he said he doesn't know yet. Both Stephen and I weren't even able to pursue work until last Monday, so we'll have to see what's next. They weren't even allowed to pursue work. In a way, that's kind of awesome, though, because, uh, yeah, you're just going to, you know, make boatloads of money and uh, you can't do anything except, you know, have a good time. Hopefully. Sounds like I mean, I heard Stephen Young, this is probably a, a false rumor, but that he was going to be Nightwing in Batman. So it'd be funny if he shows up as Nightwing and Michael Cudlitz is all, hey. Hey. uh... (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) And the last is Chandler Riggs got accepted to Auburn University. Oh. Do you know where that is? I don't. Uh, Auburn, uh, I guess. That's, um, I thought that was in, Auburn is in Alabama. Okay. Right. And then it was cute. John Bernthal tweeted out, Attaboy, see, nice. Congrats on college. I'm proud of you, buddy. Oh, that is nice. Now, uh, hold on. Uh, you got to know where it is. And then it, there was a picture of John with his shaved head like, and little Chandler as a kid in that tweet. Because <laughs> <laughs> they used to be buddies. Auburn University, Alabama. Woo! Interesting. Brain. You called it. Brain. <laughs> yeah, Auburn, of course. Brain. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for the news. Now it's time for our listener moans, groans, and brunts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this first one comes from Jamie Demick, who writes I think I would appreciate this episode more if I saw our group first. We totally needed last week's palate cleanser. But not seeing our gang for two weeks after episode one, it's too much. Also, fuck that song. <laughs> I also know that it'll be stuck in my head all day tomorrow, and Jason will put it as the opener to the podcast. Wow. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, we have she, not she... put you on easy street. <laughs> the world is she, not too sweet. She agrees with you. Mofevo says, have a feeling that as they are expanding the world, we're going to feel this way all season. We'll never be enough of the, quote, old gang. We'll never be enough of the old gang. Yeah, yeah. that's that's probably true. Maybe. I think there'll be some old gang type episodes in there somewhere. Yay, old gang. Next one comes from Sean. Except not Glenn. <laughs> or Abraham. <laughs> but sure, old gang. Some, some of them. <laughs> Sean Naranjo? Kolowaki? Well, I'm just going to call him Sean NG. Say Sean Naranjo Glowaki. Sean Naranjo Glowaki. There. Sounds good. (laughs) Brain. It was a slow. (laughs) 
it was a slower episode, but it showed how Negan gets in people's heads and how well Norman Reedus can act with little dialogue. It also was also reluctantly finding myself sympathizing with Dwight, but he's still a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Geist says it's like JDM took a bath in the comics each night until Negan crawled out of the pages and right up under his skin. I could watch him all day. <laughs> wow, that's a vivid description, Kelly. G. Marquez writes, I totally see a Dwight and Daryl teaming up at some point. There's no way Dwight is totally cool with Negan now. And I love that they gave us the Dwight backstory, which makes me think he will snap at some point against Negan. Also, Negan is sick. He is sick. Paula Hopper says, surprise, they said pussy on the show. I follow spoiler pages (laughs) and still flinched hardcore when he swung Lucille towards Daryl. PP Pant City here. Now that's good writing. I think Daryl gives a better shit in my scrambled eggs look than Rick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure what that means, but I kind of, I think I get it. It's just having a bad day, right? Yeah. 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 Um, And by the way, I was surprised they said pussy also, but. I'm surprised you just said it. Yeah, I know. Well, I I was like, really? Now? Really? But um, they've edited this and this was filmed a long time ago. But yes, it was surprising. You gave me, you purposely give me all the hard names. I took out, I gave myself the one that said pussy so you wouldn't have to say it. And then then you said it and then now you're complaining. I would rather say pussy so (laughs) much more than (laughs) Kristen McWegleberg. No. She used to be Kristen Hallberg, by the way, but I think she changed her name when she found out you were. That I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> Can you she please says, tell me how to pronounce that? I would say Mick Wegelbergino. <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. At the beginning of the episode, I mentioned to my husband that since Daryl has broken before the zombie apocalypse, that Negan wouldn't be able to break him. Killing Glenn and Abraham in front of him didn't do it. Threatening to kill him wouldn't do it. Beating him down won't do it either. I just don't think there's any breaking of Daryl, which could get very interesting. Maybe, maybe they'll it'll they'll do another episode, and by that time it'll be three weeks more of Easy Street. You know, it's interesting too. <laughs> it's an interesting point that since he had such a shitty childhood he'd be harder to break yeah yeah that is a, that's a great point that totally makes sense he's been through it all <laughs> rebecca louise says what an amazing episode it broke my heart to see daryl break down crying like that me too great to see some of dwight's backstory too and didn't you see the hate in his eyes when negan talked about sherry some interesting times to come with him i think season seven is incredible so far i'm still feeling all the feels after seeing poor daryl I didn't cry at episode 701, but boy, did I cry tonight. Also, mm. Easy Street is now my ringtone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jill Moreau writes, that episode was quite interesting. I have nothing against Daryl, but I'm definitely not one of the Daryl fangirls. I'm absolutely team Rick Andy, that British accent. Karen, I'm so with you regarding accents. However, seeing Daryl so abused and broken last night was heart-wrenching. Negan is a sick bastard. He is. Ashley Renfro says, the other villains that came before Negan didn't bother me past the episode, but Negan is a sick freak and I'm so tired of him already. He's causing my real life mood to get all jacked up. The fact that he is, quote, married to Dwight's wife is so sad and weird and awful. That's an ongoing punishment that they are reminded of every day with two crying frowny faces. 
And how must it be to go into the doctor's office, you know, the quote unquote doctor's office, and then she says, you know, she's there taking a pregnancy test. I know. Ugh. I forgot about that. Yeah. Ugh. I, I, God, if I, I, I just hope if I was Dwight by now, I would just fucking go at Negan somehow. Right. <laughs> Poison his pancakes or something. Let, let, uh, team up with Daryl, team up with, with, um, Sherry and, Figure out how to do... Yeah, poison the pancakes. <laughs> Megan Dibley Lehman says, someone should tell Negan that when you get wives or sex using your power, direct or implied threats, coercion, or giving withholding life-sustaining resources, you can't really claim that person is a willing party and that you're not, in essence, committing rape. Yeah, somebody needs to tell that to Negan. But I would get the feeling that Negan wouldn't care. He, he Well, here, let's see. Rebecca Louise says this... Uh, we're reading more comments from the same people, but I thought this was an interesting conversation. So she says this. I thought this when I read the comics, too, and my boyfriend and I talked about it again after tonight's episode. I often hear comic book readers say that despite how awful Negan is, at least he's against rape. <laughs> I don't know because that's how he uh, at least what he says in the comics. I don't know if you've read the comics, but it's a point that comes up multiple times, a couple of times and Negan appears very anti-rape. But what a lot of people don't understand that having sex under duress or any yep. of the reasons you listed above is yep. right. Just because it isn't violent doesn't make it anything less. And I hope people still don't think of Negan as anti-rape. Yes, he's against violent rape, but he is still a rapist. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad you wrote that because it's important to include. Yes, exactly. Yeah. He's, yeah. It, he's a monster. He's a monster. He's a monster. And none of his comments are funny in, to me. Um, after he said all that, I was like, no. I'm not ever going to love him. I'm sorry. He's, I don't hate to love him because there's no way I'm ever going to love him. I just won't. And then Megan responded with, uh, do you think if somebody finally killed Negan, the other saviors would be like the flying monkeys in the Wizard of Oz, gratefully free of their oppressor? <laughs> <laughs> I think if it's like true to life that a lot of them will be horrified and sad until they deprogram you know yeah that because people come to depend and see these despots as father figures so it's really awful and strange but that's what happens and then a lot of them yeah would just be like oh god thank god that happened uh shenandoah grand Pooh bagor says i'm not surprised daryl ate the dog food sandwich he's eaten possum squirrel and an <laughs> owl and worms oh yeah remember and carl <laughs> was about to bust into uh yeah. the dog food when and before um it's rick knocked bad. it out of his no your dog <laughs> eats it dog loves it uh david mark erickson says negan is really starting to scare me now Grace Torres says, I hate loving Negan. <laughs> wow. Grace, really? Jessica Rhodes says, Negan is hilarious. Brad Holt says, who's the boss? Negan. That's fucking who. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> Nick Poblocki says, Negan is fantastic. Loving him more and more. Cherry Morford. Hey, Sherry says, I'm pretty sure Negan just said I was super hot. I'm so conflicted. LOL. Sherry, you are <laughs> super hot. Yeah, that's true. All right, we're going to take another quick break for our third and final sponsor, and that's Fracture. I don't know if you guys were following it, but we had our best zombie makeup contest <laughs> with Fracture, and yep. they are, we're announcing the winners right now. And they are, there were three editor's choice winners chosen by Fracture. They were Joshua Kettle, 
Sarah Margaret West and Cynthia Lopez. And then you guys voted on the other three. That was Gunner Canada, Rob Marin, and Ginger Rose. And you go to bestzombiemakeup.com and you can see all the <laughs> entries. And they're fantastic. They really are. It's worth it. I checked yeah. them out. And- I never would have guessed that we would have gotten such great entries for that we got a little girl like a little girl mm-hmm. and a little boy too it was so great <laughs> so that was awesome so what is fracture well fracture is your photos printed in really nice vivid co- color directly on glass ready to hang taking pictures is everybody does it so much well, when i was a little kid we had like 12 exposures on a roll yep. right? or 24 maybe. Yeah. And uh, you couldn't even see how they would come out until they got developed. And you had to be really careful. Like if I accidentally took a picture, my mom would get mad because I was wasting film. Now you can just click away and that's great. It is great. It's totally great. But it makes the picture seem kind of disposable. And also the really good ones kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes. Part of that is because it's a pain in the butt to do anything with them. Like, I don't even know how to get a picture framed. I guess you go to a framing shop. I don't know. Or you buy a frame and somehow get it printed out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure some people know how to do this. Then you have to nail all the stuff on the frame and stuff. I mean, it's just kind of a pain. It's doable, but using Fracture is ridiculously easy. You just go to the website, upload your photo, choose a size, and then it gets sent to you and it's all ready to hang. And they even include a screw in the box. And the final product is really simple and beautiful. And instead of separating the picture, the frame, and the mount, it combines all three into this lasting final product. So I, I love everything about it. They hand check every image for quality. They make them in Florida. And everyone comes with a happiness guarantee and a lifetime warranty. And more than any other product that we talk about, we've had listeners express happiness about their fractures right in and say, yep. you know, oh, I gave this away. And it, as a gift and they were so happy or just kind of proud to show off what they what they had made the holidays are coming this is a winner of a gift to give to somebody so yes. you, you can get 10 percent off your first one by going to fractureme.com slash podcast and choose walking dead cast to let them know where you heard about them uh it says to mark which podcast you first heard about fracture on and it has a list of all of them but don't do that just mark walking dead cast somewhere else <laughs> and uh that's fractureme.com slash podcast thank you fracture thanks fracture okay back to listen groans and grunts this next one comes from annie from leicester england who writes hi jason and karen i just wanted to email you about something karen mentioned about pigs eating walker flesh in the episode the well she's absolutely right i am pigs have more acidic stomachs than you said their stomachs could handle it i think i I am so glad I said that. Pigs have more (laughs) acidic stomachs than humans, which allows them to eat rotting food that would otherwise make us humans really sick. This is because our stomachs aren't that acidic and we have to be really careful so that we don't get sick from what we eat. I thought this was a nice um, coincidence given that I have just surged my master's with a focus in um, zoo archaeology and my professor mentioned this a few weeks prior. Pigs are seen as little scavengers of the archaeological world. They can be fed low-quality food and then eaten themselves. Easy. <laughs> Love the podcast, guys. Wow. Annie, thank you. The only way that could have been better is if you had called in and said all that. And included pig noises. No, I'm And just included pig noises. <laughs> I love when you get... Uh... 
we get informed and educated. I do too. And God, I love pigs. <laughs> I do. So uh, that, that doesn't surprise me. They're cute. So they are. this first call came from a woman who wanted to be identified as IT from Chicago. It was really great, but it was about five minutes long and we really need the calls to be about two minutes or less. So otherwise it's going to um, take too long on the podcast. So I just wanted to give you a shout out for giving such a great call and I will play your zombie sound. Here it is. Brains. Okay. Bye. <laughs> so I hope you don't get offended by not playing, but I hope you call in again sometime and just make it like two or three minutes and then I'll play it. The best part was, okay, bye. Bye. <clears throat> okay, this next one is Spencer from Philadelphia. Hey, Jason and Karen, this is Spencer uh, calling from just outside Philadelphia. And uh, I wanted to say this is the first episode this season that I've actually uh, felt the, the desire to watch again. This is probably one of my favorite, ep- definitely my favorite episode of the season. Um, just added a lot of dimension um, to Dwight. It's funny. Uh, I actually felt a little bit of sympathy for him up until the very end when you saw that he shot, uh, what's his name, Gordon in the back. And it was back to fuck that dude uh, once I saw that. So um, <laughs> Gordon. really interesting. Yeah, I feel Gordon. like there's a lot of things that uh, that I'll pick up upon um, multiple rewatches. Um, really can't wait for Daryl to 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 get his crossbow back and and to kick some royal ass there. So really looking forward to that. Great episode. Um, again, it's uh, the season after the first episode has really the first, the last two episodes have really um, brought it home, and I'm feeling really good about things right now. And uh, zombie sound. Uh, how about this? <laughs> Brains. Thanks. Nice. That was good. It sounded like a yeah, that was good. half zombie, half Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zom Wookiee. Zookie. Okay. Zookie. This is Steve from Oklahoma. Jason and Karen, it's Steve from Oklahoma. Just wanted to say uh, again, thanks for the podcast. It's great. Just finished watching The Cell. And uh, man, I think uh, I'm starting to agree with you. This is probably going to be one of the best seasons ever. And it may be another couple weeks before I can rewatch the first episode. But I kind of want to go back and rewatch the second episode after listening to you guys' podcast last week. And I'm sure I'll re- want to rewatch this one after I hear what you guys have to say. Loving Jeffrey D. Morgan as Negan. Can't wait to see what else for the rest of the season. Thanks. Oh, here's my zombies. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scooby-Doo zombie. Uh, I'm so happy people are still leaving zombie sounds, even though I really haven't mentioned it that much. It's so great. It's it's uh, really great. <laughs> so uh, what? Oh, he said something that I wanted to follow. Oh, yeah. I, I always recommend going back and watching him a couple of times because every time I do, I definitely get a lot more out of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, me too. Okay, two more. This is Josh, the truck driver. <laughs> hey, Karen and Jason. This is Josh. I'm an over-the-road truck driver. I called a few weeks ago and um, listened to you guys um, since the first podcast and try to listen to them all the way through while I drive. So, you know, as soon as I get up, I put the podcast on and 
lately I've started watching the episodes and then at night, while I'm not driving, obviously, and then listen to those same episodes of the podcast throughout the day while I'm driving. And um, right now I'm on um, episode 139, The Grove, where Lizzie uh, kills Mika and Carol and Tyrese find her. I just, I couldn't help but think after Carol shot her, and you see that shot of Tyrese looking out the window, and he looks all sad and stuff, and I just kept thinking, how funny would it be if when Carol walks in, and Tyrese went, God damn, Carol, I thought you were going to talk to her, not shoot her. God damn. <laughs> I don't know why. That just struck me so funny. That would have been awesome for that to be in the TV show. I just thought that was amusing, and thought I would share that with you guys. Um, that's it. I'll, uh, Call you guys sometime other again. All right, take care. Don't get bit. Now, you know what? Fuck it. Get bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's <hilarious>. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, good that you don't watch it while you're driving your truck. That'd yes. And this last one is from Anonymous. Didn't leave the name. <laughs> they just played the whole song. <laughs> Are you not, kidding me? I'm not going to play the whole thing. I think they started going like, woo, yeah. Like that. No way. All right, that's enough of that. <laughs> it's pretty clever. Thanks, Anonymous. Thanks, Anonymous. Okay, that's it for Listener Moans, Groans, and Grunts. Thank you guys for all your calls and emails and Facebook Thanks, posts. And now it's time for Comic Talk with Mr. Blog and Gracie Lou. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comic Talk. Uh, it is I again, Mr. Blog, joined as always by Grace. Grace, Hello. how you doing this week? Doing fine, thank you. Excellent. What would you think of this episode? Um, I thought it was okay. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, I think it's safe to say you and I are both on record quite often as saying we're really not that into Daryl. You know, we're, we're comic fans Daryl doesn't necessarily have any factors going into this, but this episode, I will say, although we didn't get, you know, whatever, Daryl's not even a factor, but but him being there allowed us to see certain things a little bit earlier than we did in the comics with yeah, regards sure. to Negan and the Saviors. And the first thing I'd bring up would be just the Sanctuary as a place. Uh, and if a place can be a character, the Sanctuary has its own character. And I really do think the, the, the show nailed the, the look and the feel of it quite well. Yeah. yeah. It was a big personality and they captured it big and weird and uh, functions in its own way. Well, it's got that very industrial sort of thing uh, about it yet outside, you know, the zombies with all the, the spikes going through them and yes. all the different configurations of a, a bit of a wall. They did that perfectly, didn't they? They they really did. And, and before we started with this, I was flipping through, uh, flipping through the old old book here and trying mm-hmm. to see what compared what didn't i had to cover a lot of ground again because of the fact that it's you know timelines often with the inclusion of daryl uh before we get too much into the sanctuary and the negan stuff one thing that i i really enjoyed was the scene where dwight had the falling body come down on him mm-hmm. well that was when jesus was actually following dwight back to the sanctuary after glenn's death right that Jesus was the one who hurled a body, sort of by accident because he didn't want to be seen. It went to attack him and he just hurled it over the bridge and splat. I don't think that's the case with the show, but 
That but it was gave a nice you that same nod. imagery there. Yeah, and it was the same thing with Dwight. Uh, this was after they had captured Dwight when he uh, after he had killed. No, this is before. Yeah, after he'd killed Abraham. No, before after. Sorry, well after. Mm-hmm. So, what other things were pretty much just out of the comic that you got a sense of with this one? Well, you get the whole um, Dwight Sherry Negan dynamic changed a bit. Changed. Um, yeah. I mean, you, still, it was Dwight's wife, and Negan, you know, kind of took her in a way. Sherry's motivations are very different. In yes, this. motivations are different, and the reason his face was ironed is different. Exactly. Yeah. So, so we have those differences. I was a little disappointed. You know, I always love one of the things in the books that I thought was so cool was waiting for a while, trying to figure out what the hell is up with Dwight's face. Mm-hmm. Why is it all melty? You know, we had all these wonderful little theories and it really took until we saw that happen to somebody else through the eyes of Carl. Yes. That gave us like, oh, that's what's happened. And then and then right. you flip back and I was just doing this tonight. And I, there were certain things I saw ahead of time that were really neat because I could see Dwight. In the episode, having some of these same looks of doubt or looks of, you know, really disliking Negan. And you get that sense, you know, the way he's looking at him sometimes, especially when he talks about um, the women. And this is another thing that I think they're doing very differently between TV show Negan and comic book Negan. Uh, It does sound like he still may have a harem, but I think his motivations are actually somewhat worse than the TV show. I think they're definitely making, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a different situation, but what do you mean? Did you think he was trying to get them pregnant or? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I was wondering if that's what they were getting at. Um, well, I think with that and also the fact that, you know, Sherry in the comic went to Negan because he was promising her rewards and the only reason why he melted Dwight's face was that she had cheated on Negan with her husband, Dwight. So confusing. <laughs> um, but in the TV show, it was because he basically put a gun to Dwight's head, you know, metaphorically, and she did it to save Dwight. So there's something a little, again, Sherry's motivations being different. And one, it's to, to save Dwight's life. And I think that gives us a sense of uh, a lot more sympathy towards yes. Sherry, for sure. Sherry. Mm-hmm. Because in the, in the comic, it was just for her to get rewards. So well for them both uh, kind of yeah yeah to make their lives easier somewhat um somewhat so it, it's it's a different sort of motivation going on i think they are going for a more likable sherry likable sherry and maybe a more straightforward villain in negan um one thing i really thought was in the comic but i think i may be wrong is where everybody's saying negan i'm negan i'm negan like i'm spartacus I thought that this was in the book, but I can't find where it is, so maybe not. Uh, the kneeling, I'd say the kneeling was pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. There's definitely not kneeling uh, for Negan going on. So uh, how are you feeling about the characterization of Negan? Oh, I mean, I think they're doing a great job with, with Negan. You know, with Dwight, and I think we get more of... Well, I don't know. Maybe just a little bit earlier, we get some more of his emotional kind of battle, whatever he's got going on, which I'm sure we'll see more of later in the season. But, you know, I think with Negan, they're doing a great job. One thing that I'm just as a difference, and this is not a complaint in any way, shape or form, and it's a bit and it's a different. Let's just say I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is bringing a slightly different thing to Negan than I would have pictured from the book in 
my impressions in the book have always been more of a big, loudmouth, boisterous asshole who doesn't really, who's always trying to be funny all the time, but doesn't quite get it yet can turn in a flash and be really menacing. Jeffrey D. Morgan, I feel like the way that he, he gets really quiet sometimes that feels even more menacing, mm. you know? So I think he's actually scarier in so many ways um, in a more traditional sort of way. Yeah. And I, I think with the way Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing it too, that you get a sense, an earlier sense that how smart Negan is. Yeah. 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 Which I, I don't Absolutely. think you kind of, you think maybe it's just pure muscle. Like a lot of people were like, oh, you know, he was probably a, a coach, you know, kind of meathead or, you know. <laughs> exactly. When they were well, trying to, which, because he seemed kind of dumb, but he, until you really get to know him, where well, you don't get that in the show, you know, right away, you can kind of, you can see the wheels churning behind his eyes. One other thing that I think you had mentioned earlier to me is there's a Carson here. Like there That's was, right. like yeah. there was in the comic. In the comic, he was not a doctor, so it looks like we have two Doctor Carsons, one at the hilltop and one here. At the so sanctuary. I want, well, I wonder if they're gonna follow through with that and have those two be brothers, like they they are in the comics. So I imagine probably so. That's a neat little little thing, and I, I do. I again, I'm losing it. I feel like there was something else that really was straight out. We get the. The iron, so we got mention of the iron, so we learn about that. We learn about the Neegs. Actually, this is what I was thinking. I think a big difference between Jeffrey Dean Morgan and our comic Negan is, of course, the language. And I think that has a lot to do with perhaps the way Jeffrey Dean Morgan has to approach the characterization. Because he can't use the loud fucks, 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 fucks left and right. So he has to bring something else that's kind of like menacing. So... Uh, sorry, I'm just again reading through this has made me really start thinking about my. Like, oh yeah, you know, yeah. I, I wonder how m- much different the Blu-ray cuts will be, or however they call it, the Blu-ray uh, version. I wonder be. whether or not they're gonna whether they're gonna do that or not. You know, they for are. Everything. They are based for everything? on what uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was saying at Walker Stalker Con. There's a, oh, there's that's a, awesome. There's a fuck version. Hmm. <laughs> I am all about that. So very cool. All right, I'll be. Yeah. So we got. <laughs> that that'll be really good. So, all right. Well, is there anything else you can think of? I don't think so. All right. I think we covered more than enough of the comparisons between the comic and the TV show for this particular episode. Jason, Karen, thank you guys very much. Have a thank great you. week. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Mr. Blog and Gracie Lou. Now it's time for next week on The Walking Dead. Next week on The Walking Dead, season seven, episode four. It's simply titled service that is all service and the little description that doesn't really tell you a whole lot about it except that we're going back to alexandria the remaining members of the group try to keep it together in alexandria they receive a sobering visit maybe they've all been partying and they're drunk and they're like shit they're coming back sober up cops (laughs) well he is a sheriff um i did happen to catch a video about um and i and i'm sort of torn if you don't want to be spoiled it's not a spoilery scene really but it's just a neat little moment so if you don't want the neat little moment skip ahead but otherwise i'm going to tell you about it because i loved it so much and before we get the moment you probably already heard me say it but it's going to be a long episode 85 minutes right and this is just and this is just a teeny little moment um Mm -hmm. and 
it's kind of neat. So Michonne, you see Michonne go into the fireplace, go to her fireplace, and she looks back over her shoulder, and you're wondering, who's she looking at? Because it sort of looks like she's looking at us. And she fiddles around inside the flue of her fireplace, like you're adjusting the flue, and she gets out a big old gun. And um, so she puts the gun on, and she's got her katana also. And... Um, and then she walks out the door and leaves. And then you see that the whole time Rick has been there watching her. And she, the, Rick was the person that she was looking at. And so clearly she's going off to fight. And Rick is not. Rick is He's a broken so good, man, huh? it would appear. Yeah, it was really great. I'm like, oh, I like how they did that little moment there. So didn't really tell that, us about the yeah. episode, but it, it might have revealed... <sighs> Just a teeny little window into what's going yeah. on. Gonna be hard to watch Rick have to get back up on his feet. Yeah, it, so it just sounds like Rick is—he's still kind of broken. Yeah, we saw him. Yeah. So we saw him in a bad place before. Lowest point since the series started. Wouldn't you say? Uh it might have been pretty low after Lori. Lori died, and he was here. Yeah. He was, you know, getting the phantom phone calls. Oh yeah, I, I want him to get some more phone calls now. <laughs> <laughs> he goes around Alexandria answering the phones. I know. It's like just hello, jabbering on the phone. Like we shouldn't see it with such a close-up perspective. Now we should just like see him in the next room talking in, in the phone sometime during another scene. Yeah, I, I I think we should also hear him say blah 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 Abraham blah 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 Glenn. <laughs> yeah, he's talking to them. It's a party it's like, line. So when he when he coming home, Glenn? <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, that'd be sad. Anyway. <laughs> All right, that's our show, episode 240. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Have you been watching Ash vs. Evil Dead this season? I watched the first couple of episodes, but then I got, mm. uh, then my viewership Busy. has been, yeah. It, there's, you got, there's, did you get tired of it? Uh, no, uh, no, I love yeah. it. But I still haven't gotten to the crazy episode that you told me to watch. Uh, yeah, because they're on number six now. Is it great? Uh, Is it still great? Yeah, I mean, I'm loving it. Um, it's starting to feel a little, a little sticky, but I still love it. And uh, they're doing a really good job of varying the tone each episode. So one will be more like a horror movie and one will be totally slapstick goofy and one's more action oriented. So, yeah, it's good. But if you guys, uh, I definitely recommend checking it out if you that are all, all curious. And I'm doing a podcast on that with Chris from Talking Dead, in case you didn't know. And also my friend Rich, who he and I used to watch the Evil Dead movies back in high school so it's Evil Dead cast if you just search for that you can find it on, on iTunes if you're interested and it's so fun to listen to you guys I love it yeah, I haven't I haven't to listened you. to it for the ones that I haven't seen but for the other ones we, I have we interviewed Lucy Lawless and one of the other characters and we may get to inter- interview the girl who plays Kelly pretty soon what about Bruce Campbell yeah, I know. I, I haven't asked for fear of being rejected, but I'm going to have to You're gonna have get to. on that. <laughs> yes. All right. If you want to call us, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. You can find us on the web at podcastica.com or facebook.com slash deadcast. And don't forget to check out deadcastlive.com if you want to get tickets to our live show that's on Monday, December 12th. 
And also thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. So cool of you guys. And if you want to check that out, there's some great rewards, including you can win Mocker Strucker tickets. You can get in our cool private Facebook group and talk to us about everything. And so to check that out, go to patreon.com slash Jason and Karen. Thanks, everybody. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't Don't get get bit, bit, Kathy Lund. Lund. (laughs) Ha <laughs>